Chapter Four of Three People by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four Brain Work. What Toad didn't do during those three days tarry in New York could be told almost better than what he did. No country novice visiting the great city for the first time could have begun to crowd in the sights and scenes that revealed themselves to Toad's eager, wide-open eyes in the same space of time. The boy had the advantage of most such, in that he had not much to eat and nowhere to eat it. Also, that he was in the habit of sleeping nowhere in particular. Consequently, these matters took up very little of his time. However, he fared well, better than usual. He carried a package for an overloaded man for a short distance, thereby earning ten cents, which he immediately expended in peanuts, and became peanut merchant for the time being. So by dint of changing his business ten or a dozen times, and being always on the alert, and understanding pretty thoroughly the art of economy, he managed his lodging and three meals a day, and was richer by twenty-five cents on the morning when he prepared to take his departure, than he was when he arrived in the city, a fact of which few people who have been spending several days in New York can boast. Toad's fancy for attaching himself to Mr. Hastings still continued in full force, and brought him bright and early on Friday morning around to the hotel where he had last seen him. Not one minute too early, however, and but for Mr. Hastings' own tardiness, too late. He had just missed a car, and no other was in sight. Toad took in the situation at a glance, and hopped across the street. "'Carry your baggage, sir?' Mr. Hastings had a valise, a package, a cane, an umbrella, and the great fur-lined cloak. He appreciated Toad's assistance. "'Yes,' he said, "'take this and this.' Away they went, downtown, to head off another car, which was presently signaled. "'Jump in, boy, and be ready to help me at the other end, if you're a mind to,' said Mr. Hastings, graciously, noticing the wistful look on the boy's face, and thinking he wanted a ride. Toad obeyed in great glee. He considered this a streak of luck. He sat beside Mr. Hastings, and watched with great satisfaction while that gentleman counted out double fare. For the first time, Toad thought they had assumed proper positions toward each other. Of course Mr. Hastings ought to pay his fare, since he belonged to him. Arrived at the depot, and Mr. Hastings' baggage properly disposed of, himself paid and supposed to be dismissed, Toad was in a quandary. Here was the train, and on it he meant to travel, but how to manage it was another question. It was broad daylight. Sleep and Wolfie couldn't serve him now. He stuffed his hands into his pocket and studied ways and means. Eyes bent on the ground, and the ground helped him. Rather, a bit of pasteboard did. He picked it up and read, first in bewilderment, then in delight, New York to Castleton. A ticket, all properly stamped and paid for, undoubtedly. Did Toad hesitate, have great qualms of conscience, consider what he ought to do, how to set about to find the owner? He never once thought of anything. Poor Toad hardly knew so much as that there were such articles as consciences, much less that he had anything to do with them. 
somebody had lost his ticket and he had found it and it was precisely what he wanted once at castleton it would be an easy matter to get to albany he thrust the precious card into his pocket swung himself on the train and selected his seat at leisure toad had never been to sabbath school had never in his life knelt at the family altar and been prayed for there were boys i fear me who having been shielded by both these things placed in like position would have followed his example the seat he selected was as far as possible removed from the one which mr hastings occupied it was no part of toad's plan to be discovered by that gentleman just at present on the whole this part of his journey was voted tame he had to sit up in his seat and show his ticket like any one else and it required no skill at all to forget to jump off at castleton and so of necessity be carried on he sauntered over in mr hastings vicinity once and heard an important conversation can you tell me sir inquired that gentleman of his next neighbor whether by taking the midnight train at albany i shall reach buffalo in time to connect with a train on the lakeshore road you will sir but it is a slow train by keeping right on now you can connect with the lakeshore express i know but i have business that will detain me in albany so have i muttered toad well pleased with the arrangement and went back to his seat hello toad where have you been called out a sixteen-year-old comrade from a cellar grocery window as toad turned out of broadway that same evening been travelling for my health say jerry seen anything of father lately he's gone off on a frolic went night before last bag and baggage where did he go jerry shook his head more than i know doubt if he knew himself about the time he started but he'll bring up all right after a spell likely landed in albany the only home he knew toad had his first touch of loneliness and depression the cellar was closed his father gone no one knew where nor for how long an absence nor even if he meant to return at all toad was cold and dreary up to this time he had followed out his whim of belonging to the owner of the fur cloak merely as a whim with no definite purpose at all but now queerly enough parted with the man with whom he had journeyed and over whom he kept so close a watch during these four days he had a feeling of loneliness as if he had lost something he begun to wish he did belong to him in very truth suppose he did worked for him say and earned a warm place to sleep in of nights this was the height of his present ambition the warm place to sleep suggested to him the good night's rest under the cloak and also the fact that there was another bitter night shutting down rapidly over the earth and that he had no spot for shelter i'll push on he said at last in a decisive tone i'd as lief go to buffalo as anywhere else the thing is to get there but then i can get on the cars and get off at buffalo if i can and before if i have to this matter settled his spirits began to rise at once and by the time mr hastings and he crowded their way through the midnight train 
the cars contained no such gleeful spirit as toad malls more skill was needed than on the preceding journey for the fur-lined cloak was thrown over the back of the seat fronting him this time and mr hastings sat erect and wide awake and looked extremely cross i have the most extraordinary luck he was telling a man as toad entered nothing but delay and confusion since i left home never had such an experience before but the car was warm and the air was heavy and mr hastings erect head began to nod in a suspicious manner toad watched and waited and was finally rewarded the gentleman made deliberate preparations for a nap and was soon taking it now for the young scamp's trial of skill he slipped into the vacant seat he curled himself into a ball he pulled and twitched softly and dexterously at the fur cloak to make it come down and lie over him in such a manner that it would look like pure accident and at last he was settled for the night he felt the soft delicious furry warmth once more and he hugged his friend and fairly shook with delight and triumph ho ho ha hum he chuckled how are you wolfie how've you been you and me is friends we is we're travellers we are now we'll have a tall sleep ain't this just the jolliest thing though then toad went to sleep by and by he felt a jerking he roused up the car lamps were burning dim mr hastings was pulling at his cloak and eyed him severely but toad innocently and earnestly helped him to write it and treated its tumble over on to him as a very natural accident the train was at a standstill toad thought best to find out his whereabouts he went out to the platform what station is this he inquired of a boy who like himself was peering into the darkness oh this is a way station we'll be in syracuse in about half an hour we've got to change cars there we don't if we're going to buffalo answered toad in a business-like tone he knew nothing whatever about the matter yes we do too got to wait an hour i just asked the conductor toad walked in and took his seat he saw his way clear presently came the conductor and halted before him toad's hand sought his pocket how much to syracuse he questioned and being naturally told the rate of fare from their last stopping place to syracuse he counted it out and sat back at his leisure at syracuse mr hastings went into the hotel to get his breakfast toad walked the piazza and whistled for his besides he had something to do he didn't see his way clear but the more difficult the way grew the more delightful it looked to toad and the more determined was he to tread it the hours sped on mr hastings's breakfast was concluded he was in the depot now talking with an acquaintance toad was just behind him thinking still all aboard shouted the official passengers for buffalo this way and mr hastings caught up the valise bundle umbrella cane and vanished all those but the fur-lined cloak lay innocently cuddled in a warm heap on the seat toad seized upon it in an instant and hugged it close oh wolfie wolfie he chuckled 
you're the best friend i've got in the world you went and got left on my account didn't you it was but the work of a moment to hustle himself and his prize into the train not into the car that mr hastings had taken and once more they were off when they were fairly under way he presented himself before the astonished eyes of mr hastings with this brief sentence here he is sir safe and sound here who is wolfie sir you left him lying on a seat in syracuse and i got him and jumped on why is it possible i left my cloak why bless me i never did such a careless thing before in my life and so you jumped on and have got carried off by the means well sir you're an honest boy and now what shall i give you to make it all right i want to get to buffalo like sixty answered toad meekly and i haven't a cent to my name you do eh and you would like to have me pay for your fare well that's not an unreasonable demand seeing this is a very valuable cloak and mr hastings counted out the fare to buffalo and a few pennies over and toad thankfully received it and went out and sat down in a corner and whistled imagine mr hastings astonishment when soon after he had made his last change of cars and was speeding homeward on the lake shore road toad appeared to him well was his exclamation what are you doing here this isn't buffalo no sir but a fellow sometimes has to get to buffalo before he can get to cleveland you know oh you're bound for cleveland are you and who pays your way this time well sir said toad gravely i'm travelling with you what i am i've been from albany to new york with you and i left you at the hotel and i came after you on friday and carried your valise and things to the cars and came up to albany with you and waited for you until the midnight train and came on to syracuse with you and waited while you got your breakfast and here i am unbounded amazement kept mr hastings silent presently he asked incredulously who paid your fare all this time wolfie principally who wolfie pointing to the cloak i hid under him and cuddled up and he made it all right with the conductor mr hastings's face was a study astonishment indignation and fun each struggling for the mastery at last his face broadened and his eyes twinkled and he leaned back in his seat and indulged in a long loud hearty laugh toad's eyes twinkled but he waited decorously for the laugh to subside this is the most ridiculous thing i ever heard of in my life began the man when he could speak so you're travelling with me are you and what do you propose to do when you get to cleveland mean to work for you sir upon my word how do you know i shall need your help you've needed it several times on this journey said toad significantly whereupon mr hastings laughed again you'll do he said at length i don't see that you need any help from me i should say that you are thoroughly capable of taking care of yourself toad shrugged his shoulders i'm a stranger on this road he answered gravely 
just as you was on the central and them roads i suppose and you think inasmuch as you took care of me during the time i spent on your roads i ought to return the favour now we are on mine this with a strong emphasis on that word mine well sir i don't know that i ever did so foolish a thing in my life but then you must be considered as a remarkable specimen conductor could you do me the favour to pass this youngster through to cleveland mr hastings spoke with easy assurance toad didn't know how nearly he had touched the truth when he hinted at the great man's power on that road certainly sir answered the obliging conductor if it will be a favour to you all right sir now young man help yourself to a seat and i shall expect to be most thoroughly cared for during the rest of this journey toad obeyed with great alacrity and gave himself a great many little commendatory nods and pats for the successful way in which he had managed the whole of this delicate and difficult business End of chapter four